handle the truth. Hey everybody, welcome back. Welcome back to another episode of Saturday Night Cell Block. I'm Thomas Freeme, and this is the Thomas Freeme TV and Podcast Show. And this is a continuation of the discussion that we were having with uh, Mr. Tamujin Kinsu and Miss Jody White up there in Michigan. Uh, Tamujin is a lifer in prison, an innocent man, been incarcerated for the last 37 years. I'm trying to fight for his freedom. Uh, this is one of the most notorious innocent cases in, in American judicial history. And yet this man is still in prison. So uh, continuing on with this discussion, um, please, again, I apologize for the sound quality. Keep in mind that Tamujin was calling from a prison and uh, it, it was just hell on my on my system. So uh, there is a little bit of echoing. I try to control it as much as I possibly could, but um, it is all very audible. So uh, please enjoy. Free to Mojin. Are you mailing me? Why? So we could eat wedding cake. Is it chocolate cake? Who cares? It's this big and it got frosting. So uh, for the listener, um, and for you, uh, Tamujin, I have us live on TikTok. So for my TikTok listeners, I have Tamujin Kinsu live on phone. Um, Tamujin is an, an innocent inmate who has been locked up for, let's say, the last 40 years up in Michigan for one of the most heinous kangaroo court systems that has ever been in place here in, in America. And um, basically, long story short, they're just keeping this man incarcerated for political power. It's, it's a political war going on up there in Michigan right now, and, and he just happens to be in the middle of it. And uh, what he's doing is, is pretty much laying out why. So uh, with, with Michigan, Michigan's Governor Whitmer, the Attorney General uh, Dana Nessel, and so on from there on. Um, who else I have on the phone is Miss Jody White, as I explained earlier, is, is a citizen who decided to get up and and fight and make her voice as a as an american citizen known um she's running for office up there and and uh she's again another force to be reckoned with so this is the conversation that we have going on right now well i have to correct you i ran for office five times i've lost all five of them i'm finding that um the people don't want the truth the whole truth and nothing but the truth I find that you have to play the political game to get anywhere. Uh, they know I'm not going to lower my standards to do that. Um, an officer got to hit me in a courtroom as I was walking out, and they did a whole bunch of lying narratives, stole the camera, did it in front of my husband, and I was found guilty. And I don't know, I'm going to salt the behavior now because I, I hurt a cop. Okay, yeah, he's like six foot five, and I'm five foot four. So um, the thing is, is, I was on the ballot as a candidate at that time, and that's when I kind of found out about this wrongful conviction stuff because I didn't realize I was that lily white person in that lily white location doing my beautiful Christian life and realizing that, you know, Kinstu's out there 40 years earlier being treated like crap. So when I got involved, I got to tell you how I met Paula. 
Um, I get mad. I get pissy mad. And I go there with my camera and I ended up at an event at the federal, um, federal building down in Detroit. And there's this cute little blonde girl and a couple other real cute ladies. And they're all with their signs and, and doing the rally saying, you know, save our innocent people. And I had my camera going and I don't know, it just compelled me. And I just, I just didn't even grab a mic and I just started ranting and everyone says, wow, who is this chick that's like ranting? But when it happens to you and you do your time and you get out and you realize after it's all over with that you are one of so many. And, you know, my 33 days in jail is nothing compared to what other people have done. But the, the process of how they did it is the same. And that's what I'm figuring out. They're using false narratives. They're not using any evidence. They are um, taking over our courtrooms. These lawyers, they are allowed to come in and act like they're doing something for you, and they're not. And, you know, everyone, everyone wants to go into this, like, sovereign stuff and, and fringe flags. I'm just about, these people are my neighbors. They are my friends. They went to school like I went to school. And they're being told that they can get away with perjury, and they have no consequences. So um, we are, uh, real quickly, I went to um, the, you, we have a new legislation now. So the Republican people lost their seats, which I'm laughing because I'm a Republican and most of my Republicans didn't do anything. Uh, Senator Jim Runstead, Senator Ruth Johnson, they didn't care about us. And we went there and they're mad at me because I'm demanding that our cameras in the courtroom run 24-7. That includes the courtrooms, the probate annex, the, the everywhere. There should be, everybody should be watching what these guys are doing because they're all behind closed doors, lying, cheating, and stealing, okay? So then, so Jim Runstead got mad at me because I was demanding 24-7 cameras and that he was working with uh, Justin McCormick. And, and it was funny because when I got there, they were they were all with their little press release and their cameras. And I'm looking around going, what the hell is this all about? And then when, of course, the three of us, there's three of us that spoke that day, it ended up not going through because they want to allow the judges the discretion to basically tell us when they can shut off the cameras and when they cannot. And we're like, no. You're a referee. You're not supposed to be shutting off the damn cameras. Keep the cameras rolling. So we kind of got um, the, the legislators disagreed with um, this this argument, um, and we all lost. And they're blaming it on me and these two other people that because we spoke up that we should have been happy with the judges having discretion. And no, that wasn't making me happy. What makes me happy is when the cameras are rolling 24-7, and in Oakland County, where I was at, which is sister to you, I mean, you're St. Clair, you're kind of by me. They have, you know, like a $1.2 million camera system. Don't tell me the camera broke, the one that, you know, took me down when the cop got to do what he did to me. So so that was the thing. So, just in, um, so to tell you what happened on Wednesday, so we have all these new people that have, um, you know, won their offices. I did run for Senate. I did not win the primary. I do believe in election fraud, and if you don't want to believe that, that's fine, but I've got that evidence because I'm not talking unless I can have the evidence to prove it because Kinsu, unlike you, you don't talk unless you have the evidence because that's the only thing you can do. I'm not talking out of behind, okay? So basically, we went up to the committee meeting, um, and what they do the first, the first week of the session, all the new people come in. They're all brand new legislators, and, you know, they all congratulate themselves and do that, and Basically, um, what in the Judiciary Committee for the House of Reps, they had three people talking. They had the Attorney General, they had the Supreme Court um, Court Administrator, Tom Boyd, and then they had a Supreme Court Justice, the newest lady, but she didn't show up. 
So we're all excited because the five of us that showed up, we thought we'd be able to speak at the end. But of course, they have that hard stop, a quarter still, so that, that we can't speak. And um, so they basically, um, I recorded it all, and I'll have a video out on it. Because all the Attorney General did was brag about all the stuff that she really hasn't done. But, you know, she has her little talking points. Well, she has her talking points of the stuff that she's doing, but none of it is relevant when you have innocent people in jail and you have cops and, and, and attorneys able to do false narratives without evidence. I don't understand that process. And yes, I'm a, I'm a TV show junkie when it comes to law. Remember, she's used that office to launch multiple retaliation attacks, too, against her political opponents. She's actually trying to launch something against DiPerno. She's trying to go after Trump electors. She went after that woman that was on Tucker Carlson speaking about it. She sent a whole SWAT team after her. And obviously, she's now retaliating against us. Uh, she may well have been involved well, in this destructive cell search. This is an order that came from central office in the MDOC that said nothing to do with the facility that I meant. So you're right, but please continue. She's, she's notorious for retaliation, though. Well, but this is the problem with the, because um, when what happened was, you know, mine is a probate case and mine is we were like losing our asset in probate. And we had an attorney that was supposed to be monitoring the finances. And guess who pretty much owns my family's estate, which is worth like one point eight million, which is now worth pretty much nothing. But these attorneys have been able to go into probate court and take our stuff. So Jody White, real estate agent for 40 years, I start speaking up about it, helping other people. They didn't like it. Well, I, did, I don't have a, a dog in the fight. And that's what I like about helping other people. I don't have a dog in my fight. That's why I wanted to run for office and to be in that position to do something. So when I went there on Wednesday, I want to talk about the other guy, the state the state court administrator. Okay, he's, he. I like him. I mean, I, I like all these people. I even like Dana because she will sit and talk with me. But what I don't like about them is they're like that that girlfriend or that guy friend that goes out on you and cheats on you and then lies right to your face. And and I'm going to tell you something. I don't dig that. I, I've been married to my husband. He puts up with me. He lets me do what I do, which is a miracle because I do help everybody. And I don't really hang out at the house and take care of my husband and two kids. But they're like, go, mama, go. Because this is the thing. My kids seen me go off to jail and they knew I was innocent. And they know who stole the money. They know all the facts. And the thing is, is we've got to get rid of the parties and, and which would be politics and get back to what the world's about. It is about good governance. It's about my Lord Jesus Christ who sat there and gave us mercy and grace. And that's why I have to have mercy and grace for these people, because the Lord's the one that doesn't like a liar. It, it, you know, I don't like a liar because the Lord tells me not to like a liar. He tells me twice not to like a liar. So when you lie, we have to have perjury as the number one felony because you cannot come into my courthouse where I believed in when trusted and then sit on that on that uh, witness stand and lie. So, you know, I mean, I had, I had three officers lie about without without punishment. Well, the thing is, is but this is what's wrong. And, and like I said, OK, you want to get me for being a big mouth. You want to get me for cutting you off. You want to get me for giving a crap. You can get me. I'm, I'm guilty of all the above. I'm guilty that I give a crap and that I'm going to fight for other people. But see, they don't want people like you or I where we're just nobody. I'm just a real estate broker. I'm a nobody. I don't have a government job. I'm not a state employee. They don't want it. And then so this this guy, uh, Tom Boyd, you know, you must know who Tom Boyd is, the state court administrator. Yeah, yeah. Do you know who he is? Okay. So he got replaced by Milton Mack. And Milton Mack says, oh, there's no mismanagement of any of these court files. We're like, okay, really? 
So, so again, as I'm sitting here in my, you know this w- woman's room here, and I'm helping her do a case review, and again, I'm not a lawyer. I just am a person with some common sense that you can see the pattern of behavior. So we're starting to get the pattern of behavior together, and allegedly we're going to get some help. But you know, no, we're not. They're bullsh. They're they're lying to us. You know, they're not going to help us. So when I met up with Tom Boyd, I walk up to him and I go to shake his hand, and you know, he does a little COVID pump. You know, because God forbid you breathe on him. And he bent, he ends up doing his um, 20-minute spiel. And he's quote from the Constitution about how, you know, the Constitution gives the judiciary their indispensable branch where they're allowed to do stuff. Well, then do something, damn it. You're not doing anything. But see, the state court yeah. administrator is supposed to be in charge of the administrative. They're supposed to oversee them, don't do anything either. The Michigan Grievance Commission has been a joke for 40 years. And, and I know some of the lawyers that work on that commission, and they're good lawyers in and of themselves. As attorneys, they know the law. But these are people that have no integrity. Uh, and everybody knows the case, my case knows, 1988, I sent a massive complaint to the Attorney Grievance Commission about my lawyer, David Dean. Now, what I didn't know, but the Attorney Grievance Commission already knew, was that David Dean was a convicted cocaine addict, a former disgraced prosecutor. He had gotten busted for snorting cocaine in a public park in 1985 and was actually on probation which the bar knew about during my case. During my case, he was breaking into my storage bins, stealing everything I own and selling it for drugs. I sent the Attorney Grievance Commission affidavits from the people who bought my stolen property. I sent them all the storage records with a letter from Sheargard showing how Dean had sent people in with forged documents to go into my storage bins and steal all my things. I sent a detailed complaint noting that Dean wouldn't even let me testify in my own trial. Instead of doing an inquiry of any kind, they simply sent my complaint to Dean let him send this BS denial back. Then he writes a phony bill. Now remember, this is a court-appointed lawyer who stole $50,000 in property from me on top of that. Sent in a phony bill claiming I owed him $28,000. Um, so I had this petty complaint in front of the state bar, very detailed. I still have a copy of the original complaint. And they just summarily dismissed it. Knowing this man had a criminal history, knowing he had a drug history, he'd been accused of stealing from clients. He was a disgraced prosecutor. There had been articles in the paper it said, cocaine nightmare, a living hell. They knew all of this. They just acted like my claims were garbage. I actually won one of my federal habeas's. One of the things that I won on was that same lawyer not allowing me to testify. Of course, that cost me another 27 years of prison. Uh, I wrote the state bar to say, aren't you guys ashamed that you didn't even look into my claim when I told you he wouldn't let me get in the stand and testify, and I won that in my, in my federal appeal on my habeas. And he wasn't able to deny that he kept me from getting on the stand because it was right in the transcript. My, my other point about this, though, is it's just a year later, they were investigating him for drug use again. So a client comes in and says he did all these horrible things and he's a junkie. They knew he was a junkie. I had had a, a court hearing in 1990 in St. Clair County about this guy, and the bar just ignored all my claims. And yet a year and a half later, they were admitting for somebody else because law enforcement backed the complaint against the lawyer. Okay, now he's a drug addict and will act. So this is the watchdog agency that's supposed to deal with all the crappy lawyers in Michigan that are screwing all these clients over. And they don't. Well, and that's, and that's because that, nine, well, nine that's of lawyers work locally, and so they know the judge, they know the prosecutor, and they're not going to fight for you. Because the prosecutor and the judge are their well, friends. They go to lunch with these guys, they go on golf outings with these guys, they go camping with these guys, or whatever. So it's a social club. We know it. And here's the other thing. Like I was saying earlier to Thomas, we need to close down these law schools because, again, they're supposed to be doing honest services. 
for us, and they're not. And again, I'm in the probate court, so they're stealing from our elderly and our vulnerable. So, um, you know, we're watching the isolation, the overmedication, and then the denigration, then the liquidation. These these attorneys have got so much control, and the attorney general will not us with a 10-foot pole because I think our elderly are funding these guys to continue their game. And they don't want me saying that because where else are they getting the money? And there's they got to be working for something. It's got to be some sort of pension or some sort of party club. I don't know. I don't know. The compensation funds and ways they can make claims for, for compensation. Right. And this is the other thing, too, is there is this client protection fund that's out of the out of the because um, we have a judicial tenure commission finally. And uh, we're with the attorney general and they're investigating. But they've had our stuff since March of 2019. And again, um, it's not even the fact that I went to jail. I don't even care about that. I care about selling real estate for the last 40 years, telling you to live the American dream. And don't worry, we got you. We have a warranty deed. We have a title. We're going to take care of you. And then all of a sudden, these attorneys come in, and they get to manipulate us. And they're doing things contrary to the law. Contrary. That's what my warrant said, that I was being arrested contrary to the law. I'm thinking to myself, contrary to the law? What the hell? So I guess the attorneys get to do stuff contrary to the law and get away with it. Yeah, if this, well, the system is so divided against the people right now, and the people are so divided against each other that the system can get away with all of this. You know, it's it's an old trick. I mean, it works in prison, too. Divide and conquer. You know, uh, even Lincoln said, a house divided against itself can't stand. And if the people are bickering and squabbling and despising each other over every little thing, the government can pretty much do whatever it wants. And the wealthy and the powerful, with, with the hundreds of lawyers, the massive law firms, are the only ones who can get some semblance of justice. So we get stomped on, we get crushed. And that's what happened to me. I didn't have any money, I didn't have any friends. I never had good family. You know, I had an uh, abusive mother. My father passed when I was young. When they did this to me, I was a 23-year-old punk kid. And, uh, you know, even though I was a gifted student, I knew nothing about the law or my rights. And so I trusted this guy who, you know, they said is, is gonna represent me and defend me. I trusted him to do the right thing. He was telling me that he believed that I was innocent, I didn't know he was setting me up. I didn't know he wasn't calling my witnesses. I didn't know he was lying to me. I didn't know he was stealing my things and selling them for drugs because I only saw him for a few minutes or maybe in court where I could barely talk to him for a couple of minutes. So the whole time, don't worry, you're gonna go home. This is all just a big mistake. We're gonna have a great lawsuit. There's nothing to worry about. And then bam, guilty, go die in prison. And and that's that's what happens to many of the people. I gotta, I gotta tell you, I gotta you, you, you gotta focus on something else for me. You gotta focus on something, something else for me. Because right now, these same cops, they sit on the expressway and they pull you over when you're traveling. And you're allowed to travel to go from school and back and, and family, friends and back. You know, you're not really, you're, you know, you're not traveling, you're just, you're just driving. You know, you're allowed to drive your car. So a lot of these kids are getting tickets and they're, these cops are lying to them and telling them that, Hey, if you go to court, we'll just give you a parking ticket on the expressway and get you for 500 bucks, but we'll knock it down to 380. So again, you need to, for the wisdom that you have and this talk show that you have, there's people in, in Michigan and you know, I do this because I just need a break from probate once in a while. But when you go on these Zoom hearings and with Thomas here being so helpful, he can get onto these Zoom hearings and you can help these kids because they're, they're, exact, they're saying the exact same thing 40 years later. 
that these kids don't know what they're doing. They're not teaching yeah. you this stuff in high school. They're not teaching you this in church youth groups. Right. They're not teaching you this in college. But I'm going to tell you something. They need to be on Thomas's talk show here, and they need to learn from this stuff because I'm tired. My, my son gets a ticket. He's paying it because he was he was speeding. But they made him go to court on the Zoom hearing. And my son, he's 23. He doesn't want mama in the courtroom with him. But again, he still fought it. And they ended up making him, um, it was with tinted windows, speeding. I mean, they, they layer you up, you know, so that eventually you're just going to settle for an impeding traffic so that the money stays in their kit and caboodle. They want it staying in the prosecuting. I think it stays in the prosecuting council money is what I think. I think as long as they don't give it to the insurance company, and that's what they're all buying for our money. They want to charge us ticket prices for the citation, and yet we can't do that to them. I want to give a citation to Judge O'Brien. I want to give a citation to Dana Nessel. I want them to get a ticket for driving too fast on the expressway, and then I can lie to them like they've taught my kid. You know. So again, I think you need to really group up with some of these young kids who are getting tickets. And guess what? It's not all black kids, but yes, a lot of them are black. I, I do have to admit to that. But I go to these courtrooms and I sit there and I'll say, okay, why are they all black in here? So they don't like Jody White with the big mouth because I point out what I see. So, so again, I really wish that you would grab some of these youth group kids and start helping um, teach the law to them because us moms, we yeah yeah we need you out here though we need you out here we need to get you on some talk shows out here where you can help them because that's the thing part of it is just knowing your rights and we have an inalienable right for honest services from our state employees that is a U.S. code 18 U.S. code 1958 or something like that and when I read that I'm thinking to myself okay well this is common sense why are they teaching this stuff in government school, but they don't. They go to their little legislative meetings. They they have their you know their little rules and regulations that they have to follow. And the rules and regulations are telling them, sit down, shut up, and you want your job, we'll keep you in the public eye for eight to twelve years if you sit down and shut up. Well, I can't sign that. I can't sign those rules and regulations. I've got to have my voice. So I wish that more people would get to know you, Kim Sue. <laughs> You know, you're a rock star.